Whether you're learning the basics or you want to be a rock master, we have a class for you from high level overviews to specific features. Find the training class that fits your needs this year at community.rockrms.com slash classes. Welcome back for another episode of Rockcast. We are so excited to share with you today as we draw close to the conference, all the things that we're working on, a little bit about how we work in some unique new ways, and uh, a, a peek into what's happening behind the scenes as we prep for this big event. I'm Emily Foreman. I have John Edmiston and Nick Erdo here with me today, and we're excited to tell you what's up. Nick, let's talk about where we are. We always like to jump in with our version update at the very top of a podcast. So um, help us understand where we're at and what release process looks like today. Well, we have finished um, all of the features for version 14. So we are in the final stages of double checking things, getting prepared to start alpha testing. And there's a, a few little things we discovered yesterday. So we're, we're wrapping those up hopefully today. And uh, the alpha testing team will get an email shortly. The interesting thing about this round is we're going to follow version 14 alpha testing. It's going to be a little longer than a normal like hotfix round. So we're going to uh, start version 14 alpha testing. Then as soon as a, an alpha tester is done, they can switch over to version 13.7 alpha testing. We're because there are so many fixes that are common to both of version mm. 13.7 and version 14, we're gonna release them um, pretty much side by side, which is gonna take a little bit of coordination. So there'll be a shorter 13.7 alpha testing round and 13.7 beta testing round. But the alphas and the betas, will the betas should end around the same time if we do this right. Yeah, which is which is great because most, most um, developer type shops wouldn't do that. They would say, no, just get on the latest. But because of the major release thing, we, we understand that not everybody can move to the absolute latest in a new mm -hmm. major release. So we want to backport those those fixes, which is you know really good because most, again, most places wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, heads up to the alpha and beta testing team and in advance a little bit here. And that will be incredible that we can time that that way. Yeah, and then to make... Uh, our lives a little more exciting. We have, <laughs> we're finishing up our pen testing stuff. So mm -hmm. there'll be some things in there that we'll, we'll throw into an, uh, an older version of rock. We support up to version 12. Mm -hmm. So anybody's still on 12, eight, there'll be a 12, nine. Okay, great. It's, uh, having that annual pen test is a fantastic way to make sure that we're demonstrating how security is such an important feature here at rock. And so there's always some great little nuggets we can pull out of that and, pay attention. If we have an update that comes out that says security patch, those are the ones we always encourage people to make an update to um, because we're very focused on it. You will see those from time to time. John, what are we working on right now? What's still in the crock pot and coming down the cooking line? Oh, it's it's always crazy, but it's way crazy right now. Um, like Nick said, we're, you know, 14s getting ready to go to alpha, I'd probably phrase it a little bit differently. Like it's crazy time on that. Like there's just, <laughs> yeah. there's just a ton of things that we're just doing the final checks on, like all the codes written, but now we got to do all the fit and finish. Like 
And for the most part, it is really like fit and finish, but it's super detailed and there's a lot of moving things flying back and forth. And, you know, just to give like a, maybe a little picture of that, it's like you really, we might realize, well, that UI needs to be polished a little bit. So it has to go to another team member. Mm-hmm. Well, that team member has like a million other things to do too. So you got to get it timed right. But we're on this cadence where you got to get things in for our pre-alpha testing because the fact that it works in our develop branch, that's like great, like good, good, good job. But it doesn't really mean <laughs> anything until it gets deployed out to the pre-alpha because lots of things could happen on your development machine that are not quite production, mm-hmm. right? You might be playing with something and, mm-hmm. and it's still like that cruft is still in your like development database. There's a million things that could still be, that could work in development, but won't work on the pre-alpha. And so, but yeah, it takes a lot of time to deploy out to pre-alpha. So, you know, trying to get all these like timelines and like, did that feature get into pre-alpha? No, it's not in pre-alpha. Oh, okay. You know, now I got to wait till the next pre-alpha to, to, to go test that. Um, it's a lot more work than it, than it looks like. There's a lot of organization and managing behind the scenes. And so just trying to remember all the things. And then when you see it, you're like, okay, oh, that's great. That's exactly what we said to do. But now we also have to need, need to do this. Um, like there's some stuff that we're doing around personalization. It's like, yep, this is exactly what we had asked for, but it probably should do this too. And so it's kind of like a moving target. <laughs> that is very true. Now, some of that will get put to 15, like, and we're going to be talking about that yeah. at the conference, like the personalization um, strategy. But um, there's some things like, nah, we can't, we have to have this little feature in here. Um, so there's a lot of that. But then on top of that, there's the conference. Right. And that is this amazing amount of work. And I think there's two parts of, of, of conference work. There's the logistical, okay, what mm-hmm. are the menus going to be there for, for the food? Do we have all the speakers lined up or all the rooms lined up as the AV guys, you know, lined up all that logistical stuff. And then there's, so that's like one team doing that. And there's another team that's working on content. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what about the intro video? What's that supposed to do? What's the strategy um, for our messaging for Mm -hmm. the whole conference, the keynote, um, I think people would be shocked at how much time that keynote takes. Um, it's over in you know like an hour and a half to two hours, but it's close to being. It takes us almost one hour per minute to get the content right, created strategy, and it seems crazy, but it's that's almost exactly what's been in the mm-hmm. in previous years, and that's kind of trending this way. And, the, and this year, the keynote's a little bit longer. Um. So it's an amazing amount of work, but it, you know, it's kind of like the highlights, like the Super Bowl of the year. On top of that, though, there's just, and it's always the case this time of year. There's like a, a amazing amount of like pixie dust trying to be created mm-hmm. at so that we can get that for the conference. It's kind of crazy because about you know half of that pixie dust ever gets fully done there's still stuff that it's like okay if we got time for that we'll do that but that's probably you know there's just never enough time but we, we're really excited about some of the things we'll get to talk about that we haven't talked about and um you know even on the personal side there's personal content i'm trying to get ready so that it can be ready for the conference so lots of personal side projects that are just little gifts i guess like mm-hmm. We did that once. We'll never do that again. Remember, like, what was it? The how many days of <laughs> the Christmas? Twelve days of Christmas. Oh, wow. oh my gosh! Thinking. It was a really fun idea. It was 
a very difficult thing to right, actually right accomplish. Right. Like, it was like, you always want to be like, you know, having a little bit of time with family, but when you're trying to make a gift for every 12 days, I was a little, I'm not sure what we were thinking, but that's kind of like the season we're in right now is like mm-hmm. we're trying to create these little gifts and wrap them up and, and put them out there. And some of the stuff is stuff we've been thinking about for years. So it's really cool to get it, you know, actually kind of crossing a finish line that you can actually put it there. But it's like pretty crazy. The conference does create a good timeline to say, okay, now we have to get this done by this time. But then um, everything lands with that same timeline. And then you have to remember not to talk about it, right? Yeah. Because you can't talk about it while it's in production if it's something that you want to to roll out as pixie dust. Yeah, I think you're right that when you have things like Christmas or the conference, there are dates that you try to tie things to and that creates a, a, a urgency that, you know, maybe didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a discussion going on um, where someone said, well, like, Hey, we're working on one of these things. We want to announce it at the conference. And they're like, wow, that's pretty, not a lot of, not a lot of time to think about that. It's like, yep. Well, that's, you know, that's how it works. That's how it works. Like, there'll be ideas, you know, a week before the conference that will come to us or even a day before the conference that will come to us. And, you know, some of them we can't do, you know, there's just not enough time. But what are you supposed to do if you can do it? Like, just sit on it for a year because, oh, shoot, like, you know, we only have two weeks. We only thought about two weeks ahead of time. That doesn't mean that we just throw spaghetti against the wall and, mm-hmm. and like, but, you know, we can still be meticulous in how we approach it and, and bring it through with excellence. But doesn't, mean that we don't run and gun you know like we are right we that's how we got to where we are like we mm-hmm. run and gun and but when we do it we do it right yep and we execute well um but yeah it's funny how these dates sometimes can bring urgency and and, that, and that's actually a good thing and maybe sometimes you can make bring that use that to your advantage to to, to, to create urgency it's a topic we talk a lot about here too like even like some of the stuff we need to do, we're working with vendors and I'm, I'm working with some of the, our team members. I'm like, okay, well, you know, tell them we need it by next week. So, well, the conference isn't next week. It's like, well, I don't care. Like we, what's our backup plan? Right? What if something goes wrong? What if they yeah. mess up something? What if we mess up something? What if, right, right. You know, things happen. So I'm always in my schedule creating urgency. Like the t-shirt vendor thinks we need the t-shirts like two weeks ahead of time. Actually, I think it's three weeks ahead of time. And I'm like, well, <laughs> And I still gave them plenty of time. It's not like I'm being unfair. Like we plan this out. Like they have plenty of time, but right. I'm not going to tell them that they have like six weeks. If deliver them on the morning of the event, no, you have yeah. no margin no. for error if that happens. No. And supply chains and delivery systems and things are even wackier now than they have been in the past. So yeah, I mean, usually what I do is like, how long is it going to take? Three weeks? Okay, so I'll back it up and I'll tell them six weeks ahead of time. But I'll tell mm-hmm. them I want them in three weeks, mm-hmm. just because like there's just you have a plan B. Yeah. And already, like, you know, some things changed and I was able to give them a few days because I had already booked, you know, those days. So it's like, oh, yeah, sorry, like, we got that to you like two days late. So, yeah, totally just wait till this date. But we, we're creating a lot of fake urgency because some of the stuff we're ordering, too, we're not quite sure. Like, is that going to be the quality we want? Mm-hmm. So we have a backup plan. Mm. Actually, we have a backup plan to our backup plan, too, on some of the things um, just to make sure that we can get it delivered. Some things you, you've, we've already done with established vendors, so it's easier. But some new, newer things, it's like, well, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. The The mock-up comp, it doesn't look super great. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, worst case we can use this part and we'll re-engineer this other part they're doing. Just a lot of like insane All those details, details right? Yeah. And then keeping them all moving at the same time. Because it's not like we have one brain for each detail, right? Or each small project. It's the same brains moving so many things forward at the same time. Yeah, and that's kind of the cool thing about ministry too, is like you get to do stuff you never would have thought you would do, right? Like I was at, when I came from Honeywell, <laughs> I never thought if I went to work for a church, and this is a true story, I would literally one day be on the phone with a sheep farmer in his field trying to figure out how to order uh, I think I needed like 46 raw sheep pelts, like non-processed right off the sheep. That is really unusual. I never thought I would be making that call. And the, and the, the rancher's like, and why do you need this? <laughs> what, what are you doing with this? Oh, it's for Christmas. a project at, 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 at the church. Like we're trying to make an experiential Christmas and we want like raw sh- sheep pelts that we were going to cut into pieces and make a kit for it. Wow. Yeah. And I actually had one while I'm talking to him and I'm cutting it up and my hands are all like full of lanol, like that. Yes. Like right. Stuff. It's like I had the softest <laughs> hands for like a week. <laughs> but, <laughs> but who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? And those and ideas, quality ideas can come at any time. Deadlines are good because they create that urgency, but ideas can come at any time. So we do frequently find ourselves short on timelines Um and we still approach with craftsmanship. When I, I was hearing you talk through that, John, I was thinking, you know, that's just a, an exemplification of the tension we have between two of our core values of craftsmanship and innovation. Innovation says, go, 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 new, new, new. And craftsmanship says, but get it right. Yeah. And like one of the projects that is probably not for RX, but, you know, I'm working with a, like directly with a Chinese manufacturer and, you know, communication barriers and, you know, he, he has no an understanding of what we're trying to do, but we're ordering a product through him. And so it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of stuff that you don't, wouldn't normally think, oh, that, I bet that team just develops all day. It's like, yeah, that's what happens at night sometimes in the day. It's like. Yes, a day in the life. That would be, we could have a really interesting uh, like video podcast of tracking what it actually looks like uh, to have a day in the life around here. It's- but that's the cool thing. I think if it, and it's, it's for anybody. But if you if you put that into your work, you'll never be bored. Like, right? I don't. I can't remember the last time I was bored. Like, or, or thought, what am I going to do today? It's like, oh my gosh, what do I have to get done today to move this all these things to the next? I was thinking about that on the way in. I'm like, <laughs> what it's like to have a job where you're just kind of like bored? Or, or I remember sometimes I'd start an internship as a as a college, and I'd look up at the time. I'm like, okay, it's one o'clock. Oh man. I have four more hours till I go home. The day is just dragging. Now yes. it's like I look up. It's like oh, it's it's five o'clock already. Oh no! Like I need three more hours. Now I can get started working every day. <laughs> yeah, right. It, but we all have the ability to inject some of those extras that make the job a little more uh, varied and interesting. But also can take um, maybe a, an end goal or a um, a key deliverable that's been established for us and push that into new ways and and add to that in a way that adds more value to what we're doing and is interesting and and adds a little variety. Mm-hmm. Most jobs have the capacity to have, oh, you want to do more and you want to add something new? Great. Yeah. I, every job has that. I mean, there might be a couple that Sometimes the internship you were mentioning, there may be a little less flexibility. Well, and there. that was like, you know, in the first week, by the time I was leaving there, I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, I need more time. Like, this is, 
Yeah. And I think this is kind of what you bring to it. That's a good way of saying it. It definitely is. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think people think that that should be given to you. Like, yeah, I need to be told that. And I, I, that is never going to happen. Like someone, someone doesn't have the time to do that. You have right. to create that. Um, and it does not create over overnight in a week or a month. But, you know, over time, it can almost become a bad thing because you get too much. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Well, speaking of doing things in different ways and adding your own flavor to things, um, we've talked a lot over the years about um, little snippets into how our development works here and what makes it kind of unique, um, our processes of how we move through projects, how they come to us. And it's it's a little bit different than what you see in most development shops. And yet it's the way that it has to work for us to be relevant in the trenches, innovative and doing what we do. So um, we thought it might be interesting today to share a little bit more behind the scenes about our theory of our uh, development processes and the way that we work with our team here, just to kind of give a, a picture into a little more of what it really does look and function like. Nick, what? how would you describe in a really short phrase or sentence what our development process is here? Well, if I could have a few minutes to unpack it, I'll yeah. start with, yep. we, we're kind of calling it JIT, like just-in-time development. And that'll make a little more sense if we kind of unpack the story. Definitely. So when, when we talk to new or potential developers, they're often like confused about how our environment works. And, and they can't quite relate because our environment is quite a bit different. Um, it's really nothing like they've experienced or read about. There's not a lot of things I've found that match the way we operate. So the common types that most people are familiar with are, um, and I can't unpack all these in in a short amount of time, so don't try to get your scrum certification from what I'm about to (laughs) say here with this overgeneralized abbreviation. Traditional, that's typically called waterfall, has sequential phases and and each one is so many weeks long and gathering requirements, design implementation, which would be the coding, verification, and then maintenance on that feature. We do all that in like days or a day in some cases. Um, the, the pipeline is so tight and the, we move so fast, it passes what the other fra- um, common type is agile. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many de- definitions of what agile means. And there's even an agile manifesto that tries to capture the, the items of agile. And without going through all those details, because I'm sure you don't really care too much, um, most of the definitions agree on these three things. Iterative development, which we definitely do. Rapid delivery, which we definitely do. And high productivity. And we definitely do that too. So the, the problem is Agile also has a bunch of other things that we don't do. We don't agree on. We don't um, work together daily throughout the project. You know, we, we will often have each person who's a specialist in that role do mm-hmm. what they do best. So uh, the um, a ministry analyst or somebody working with a, another church might gather a requirement. We don't know anything about it yet. So they're kind of talking through that. It, it's not even in, my, in our world yet. At some point, it comes over to the technical architect for Spark, which is John. John 
gets to look at it and um and decide how how it's going to be done if we're going to do it and and the, i say john but you know he likes to incorporate other people on that team mm-hmm. sure yeah and that's kind of like product owner right yep technical architect yeah that that's really the other term the product owner and we've been calling it product owner team because he might have me on it one time he might have daniel or someone else you know really just depends john likes to bounce things off of uh, other people that's probably the most collaborative part of the whole process i would say once it gets done with that which again is sometimes days um sometimes even hours i mean there's times mm-hmm. that we've get the requirements turn it back over it's ready for for development the next day yeah yeah so in that in those hours we usually get a mock-up and a, a description of how it's going to work and then it comes over to the uh developer team and and so i'm going to pause at this point and say this is the p- hardest part of managing the developer team is we don't know what's coming when so we we call it just in time because that's what happens. Like it comes, we got to deliver it right away. And we've tried to find some analogies like manufacturing. You don't know who's going to order what, but if you're a JIT manufacturing shop, you you produce it when it's ordered. Um, also the pit crew analogy, except uh, imagine visualizing <laughs> this. The pit crew is like a single pit crew for a set of race cars. You don't just have one race car. It's a set of race cars, and they're all in different races on different tracks, going at different speeds. And th- these race cars come in. You gotta find the right tools, like know the procedure for dealing with that car, and then get it back on the track. And you might be in charge of a wheel, and another person might be in charge of a different part of that. And you're executing at the same time and getting that thing on the track. That's an in- interesting analogy. And then there's like the special forces analogies like Navy SEALs or Delta Force were kind of a specialized team of developers that know how to do certain things. And so that specialist may be involved um, if the project involves that one thing that they mm-hmm. know how to do. But for, for those, it's similar in that you go through like a basic training, then you join your team. But on your team, you're kind of learning advanced techni- techniques and procedures and op- how op- things operate, the operations. But on mission day, which is when your project comes in, it's you're you're it. Like you, ha- you have to execute your role. There's not collaboration, really not much, if any, at that point. Just like in a, a special forces operation, you, you each member of the team is relying on the other person to do their job correctly without somebody to handhold them or you know catch their mistakes that that will not function here on rock core team so it's a hard you know it's a hard role it's a tough role and it requires like the best of the best Mm -hmm. to be successful on rock is that unfair i don't know is that that's i think god deserves that god's kingdom deserves that kind of team that we can operate in that manner yeah, I think we. It's good that people can't see into the kitchen. I mean, I probably wouldn't eat at most of the restaurants <laughs> I eat at if I could see back there. But you know, it's it is different. And and I think if you look, especially at what comes out around conference time or with these ma- major releases, it it's just like new feature after new feature mm-hmm. after new feature. And then if you consider how small that team is behind it, it's incredible. That that's where it is. Like y- y- the proof is in the pudding. 
you know, of does it work or not? Is it, is it a good system or not? Like, well, everybody can have an opinion, but it, you know, judge it by, by its fruit. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we're called. To, the Bible recommends that, you know, judge all things by its fruit and the fruit is coming out like, in, you know, with abundance. And we give God the glory for that. Like if you look at all the things we do and, and all the money and all of the resources that went into making it, it's, it's a miracle. Like, so give God the glory for yeah. the miracles. But I think we've also stumbled on and, and he's probably given us this vision of like how it can work. Um, and there's always this tension of like, okay, well now we can slow down. It's like, <laughs> nope. and you can't, cause you, if you look at what's coming through the mission of that, the impact it's going to have is too valuable to, to, to rest on your laurels or to say, okay, well, you know, that might've taken us, you know, eight hours in the past. So it's okay to take 32, which is, I mean, the development environment I came from at, at Honeywell, I mean, that, that might've taken three weeks. And right. it's like, no, that, and, and, and Steve Jobs was very good at this. Like he would create that reality distortion that says, yeah, you're saying three months, you got three weeks, or sometimes he'd say three days and, and you can take that to extreme and hurt. So we try not to do that. We try to be on the, right. our analogy is go into the locker room at the end of every day with grass stains and mud on your Jersey and, you know, leave, you know, don't work a lot of extra hours, but when you leave, just be like, that was a good day. Um, and if you do that every day, mm-hmm. a lot gets done. It's and, very efficient. And if God's pouring his favor on it too, you're yeah. going to be surprised at what happens every year. Yeah. Without God's favor, without him having put the skills and talents into the team members, this wouldn't be happening. You know, he, he, he assembled this team mm-hmm. essentially. Like we're just identifying when they, when they come our way. Like, yeah, that's, he's the right person for the team. Or and she. I think even like the strategy, like what you're calling JIT, you know, it wasn't like we sat in a room and said, you know what the brilliant thing to do is? It's just how it brought, like God brought the projects in a certain way. And in a sense, it just kind of happened. But it is funny when you, when we were in the interview process and they're like, do you use agile? And it's like, yeah, it's like agile plus plus or. I call it super agile. Yeah. And you know, the, two weeks sprint just doesn't work. Like the no. things move, right. the needs are too important. Um, Cause you know, you might think, well, it's their features. So you, you, your features don't come out all that often, but we're reacting to, to lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes those features um, need to get in there cause the next release is in a week or two or going to go to, go to alpha. So while the release process might seem not that stressful behind the scenes, trying to meet, the needs of all this and you know sometimes there's like a a, a church like new spring that's on pre-alpha so they can and, and anybody can grab our pre-alpha that's out there for everybody but i don't recommend it <laughs> unless um, you want to just test thank you yeah i mean it's i'm i'm so happy new spring does it that's a gift to the community yes, it truly it is. is a gift to the community that they do that um but we are trying to meet some of those deadlines too it, um so if, if i had to describe the maybe biggest misconception of somebody who's asking about how how we work. It, yes. I think it's that they think we're like a big collaborative team all working on this one two-week sprint, which is, like John just said, it, we don't have a two-week sprint. And for the most part, each developer is working on that the, their feature, and each developer is working on a different project, and they're all interleaved different 
uh, they're all in different phases. Mm-hmm. And when they're past, you know, for those projects, you know, cross, then there's communication, right? But it's oh, not sure. like they're pair programming on something or it's almost too like, maybe the analogy could be like, it's a spy network of in the CIA. You, you don't have all your spies collaborating when they're all across the world working on different things. Like, what's the value of, because we did try that once we did like do the standups and it was just kind of weird because everybody's talking about stuff that's not germane to the next person. Plus, you know, with the environment we have, it's like not everybody starts work at the same exact moment. Right. So we were finding that, okay, it's in the middle of the morning and, and we're stopping and because the, you know, the last person to come in just got here. So we had to wait for that. Yeah. But we're all, a lot of other people are in the middle of their highest productivity moments. Mm-hmm. Like they're fully engaged. And then, you know, that person who comes in last is obviously the last to leave. So like, and in terms of efficiency, it, the developers don't need to know about every single feature. They, they really don't. And it's inefficient to stop and explain everything to them. Um, it's sort of like the soldiers want to come up into the general's offices and like understand, hey, what's going to be, what are we doing here? And then what other thing, operations are going on? You don't need to know that. And it, it's, again, it's a tougher environment. Um, you have to kind of self-sacrifice and realize that you're like a, you're like a specialist. You're going to get that mm-hmm. feature done and you're going to move on to the next. And I think it's rewarding to be in that mode of cranking out feature after feature, but you don't under, always understand the whole battle strategy. Uh, even myself, when I'm in the director role, um, I don't know what John knows. He knows more things. I only know I've got to execute what he's expecting me to execute. And I also know there's something more coming. I just always expect there's some other additional thing. Yeah, and just to clarify, I mean, if someone does have a question, more, for sure. we, they never get shot down for <clears throat> yeah. asking it. But usually it's like they understand this is the battle I'm fighting right now. And it, and you know tons of questions they're they're raising tons of questions about their battle which are good like yes we actually enjoy that like sometimes they're catching like did you consider this piece and it's like please keep doing that please keep yeah. asking like mike on our team is so good at that like he gets I mean, he, and he's one of the most experienced too obviously on our team so you would think he wouldn't have a lot of questions but he's backstopping us and saying hey did you consider this hey i know you're naming it this but have you considered that and I love that. Like, it really helps us, you know, improve and 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 make sure that the excellence is always there. And it, and if there's a question about someone else's battle that might be germane to theirs, I mean, ask it. And even if it's not germane, if they just want to know, that's great too. Yeah. But some of the features that are coming up, like outside of fourteen, you know, there's thoughts of where we're going with this, and they're pretty well conceived, but they're not full. So I don't really like sometimes to share something if it's, if I'm not even certain. And then, and those ideas are being cross pollinated by all the conversations I have. Like the personalization features is not something that I just went into a room and sat down and said, this is the way it should work. I have like a one idea and then I'm working with a, a cl- with a, a, someone in the uh, community and they're saying, Hey, I need something like this. I'm like, Oh, that, that's really, that kind of ties into what I was mm-hmm. thinking about the other day and makes it better and different. And then someone else comes and adds it. I mean, I think the personalization features even 14 is a collaboration of probably about 14 organizations in the community. Um, and to think that one person could take credit for that. I mean, at, at that point, only God gets the credit for that. 
Because mm-hmm. sometimes the timing is so perfect that you're like, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Right. It's like, this isn't a coincidence. Like these things are all lining up in, in such a weird and unique way that there's no way. Um, and I think as much as our development is JIT, so is the product. Um, you know, there's a whole thing in, in the industry now called product ownership. And there's like a, like people want to, there's probably a degree in it now. It's like weird. <laughs> how, do you, how do you chart and manage a product? Um, but we have a JIT on that too. It's like just in time what people are asking for, what the world's needing, what technology is coming in, what God's putting in people's hearts. So, um, and that's quite unique, but I mean, we saw that play out in the urgency of COVID and we've seen it in many other illustrations as well. The reason rock has remained so relative and innovative is because of that. Yeah, and we tell our team, like, hey, we have a hard job to do. So, and we want to become, we, we have like organizations that we strive to be like that mm-hmm. are very well known. And we admit we're not even close to these, but the church deserves these. And so we're going to reach high to become these for the church. And so, therefore, not everybody in the marketplace can do that. Like they're not called to it or they don't have the gifts. And that's okay. That's not a value judgment. But if you go back to Apple in the early days, not everybody, could work there and everybody could be in the garage phase mm-hmm. of Apple. Like if, if, if the average engineer was in that garage and that's all they had, they wouldn't be Apple. Um, and they wouldn't exist anymore. So, um, that's okay. Like we need to be in the top 10% striving for that. And, um, and it's important to live in that tension. We're not here to try and resolve the tension and go, okay, well, now that's good enough because that's complacency. Mm-hmm. So we have to recognize the, ten- the tension of wanting to be where we're not yet because it's important to be there. Keep that as the vision. Acknowledge where we are and push into that tension on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, because we're, we're underserving the church. Even our team is underserving what the church church's needs are. Um, I Unfortunately, we're probably doing it better than anybody else out there in in our in our circle right of like what we're called to do church management and you know digital management but that's not actually a good thing right i was talking on the call just yesterday and they're talking about like the the topic of the call was kind of about the state of the of the industry like the, the church management industry and i didn't say a lot of things i was thinking but i was like the industry is like there's there's nothing happening here like it's just micro improvements of of product. I, I I would say we're different. Like we're making huge strides on on our capabilities, but it just feels like a dead industry, and it's so much needed. And you know, I even say internally, like it'd be nice to have some better competition um, because I feel like sometimes people come to us and say, "Hey, our church can't run without Rock," and, mm-hmm. and we want you to know that. And when they say that. <laughs> It's really meant Stress. as like they're trying to give us a gift. They're trying to you know right. say, hey, you guys are doing such a good job. Our literally our church could not run without rock. And on the inside, it's like, uh oh, <laughs> don't right. mess it up, don't fail. And that's not what they're trying to impart, but that's what we feel. Yeah. And it would be nice to know that there are more things out there. Um, but I just see continual micro improvements of current features. There's no reimagining, and we're we got some pretty heavy reimagining of some features coming up, and that's stressful. Um, and I don't think that's good for the church. And honestly, most of the features that are being pushed that are more creative are all around 
you know, giving. And that's good. Like we should do that. Like <clears throat> not a bad thing. But if that's the only place that's getting it, and then you're seeing the the, the mergers and acquisitions that are happening mm-hmm. all around the giving platform, it's kind of scary that, you know, giving is important, of course, but that's where the money is too. Right. And that's where you have to be a little bit careful. Like you make sure that all your hearts are in the in the right place. And that's why I love the fact that from the very beginning, we we are open. We want lots of options and we don't want a piece of that action. Yeah. Right. Because not not that everybody's tainted by it, but it's easy to get tainted by that. Um, and I like the fact that, you know, we've never wanted to touch that that tithe piece. Mm-hmm. We want to be open and support it and, and know that all of our churches need that and want the best tools around it. And we can do that, but we don't need to necessarily touch the part that if you're not careful can can taint. Yes. So but it's a weird industry. Like you'd think there'd be a lot. I think there's a lot of opportunity, mm-hmm. but the barrier to entry is so high. Like I was talking to someone else who was thinking, well, maybe we should write a, a church management system. Like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't trying to discourage them from the idea. I was trying to tell them, you don't understand how much, even just to write a check-in system, how hard that is. And we've done it twice. And I thought the second time was going to be a lot easier than it turned out to be. And so if I was fooled by it, having done it once, like, mm-hmm. um, but I do think it's, if someone were to analyze this industry, they would probably say it's being underserved. Yeah. The, it, it, there are always systems that will spring up and do, for example, check-in their way. Like this is how check-in is going to work. Right. It will never but when it, was there a when, when was there a new check-in system that was brought into the market? I can't think of one recently. There's some good. I mean, there's yeah. other options that do it, but I haven't seen a new one in a while. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen any either. I just think the the mindset of Rock in our philosophy is open and extensible and you know adaptable. I've not seen another platform that is as open. Um, maybe ministry platform has some flexibility and capability to, yeah and add you know kind of modify but i think it it and this isn't changing topic from ministry platform but i think the problem is like open is not a good model like it's not a good business model no right no it's hard yes oh my gosh is it I hard mean, closed is a much better business model if you if you're looking for to maximize and monetize closed is better like easy yeah um being open is really hard um but again, I think that's what God had laid the foundation to say, okay, well, we're going to do some protections here. And who are we protecting ourselves from? Us. Like future self is the biggest person you need to worry about is what I kind of felt in the beginning God was saying. You know, the competition, leave that to me. I'm worried about, you know, you guys in the future. And so being open source, again, gives switches it the side so the church has the power if we're not doing a good job the church has an open license to go take it and do it elsewhere yeah, our job true. is to make sure that we're doing a good enough job with that yep. that seems like ridiculous um being a nonprofit was another protection so unlike many others in in our space we can't cash out there's no benefit personally to cash out mm-hmm. it's yeah. not ours like there's no ownership of that and that's great. You know, if we were to cash out, technically we could, but that money would all have to be donated to another charity. It cannot come, it cannot come home with any of us, yeah. which is great. 
because the church is the one who donated that money. It wasn't yes. ours. Um, and I just love the levels of protections that are built into what we do that on the hard days or the hard weeks, you know, you, who knows what future, um, you know, John, Emily, Nick, whatever, anybody at Spark would, mm-hmm. would want to do or think to do. But it's like, it's, it's comforting to know those aren't even on the table. Right. It takes the emotional responses out of it and says, hey, this is important. This is the reason that we exist and we're going to protect it no matter what. Yeah, the extreme like analogy be like, if, if you're an alcoholic, don't have alcohol in your house. Right. Like those things have been taken out of our house. They're not options. Right. Right. Um, so it's nice not to be tempted by them. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you hear about like a deal that a couple of deals that maybe have happened in the last couple of years. You're like, oh, gosh, like rocks more valuable than that, you know, um, but they're not even in the house to be tempted by. If I had to summarize all of this, I would just call it, it's a calling. So if you're a developer yeah. on, and you're feeling called, then then that's how you'll probably be successful. If you're not called, it's probably not going to be successful. I, f- I feel like that applies to the entire project. Like it, we were all mm-hmm. called to, to start this and, you know, you, you just said it open. Like that was the thing. I'm like, why isn't the church building an open system for the church? Yeah. And it's highly rewarding because what you do gets used in incredible ways. I'm like, I'm always telling the team, hey, you you just, you know, did this prayer request thing. Just think of the millions of prayer mm-hmm. requests that are going to be funneling through this thing. And, and, and it's going to increase the amount of prayer. Yes. And prayer changes things, you know. The course of history, the course of even a daily life can change because of that. And you have a huge piece in that. And it's the great untapped potential in the church. I'm s- still sure of that, that we're, we just don't do enough of it. And we, we need to innovate more around that too, how to make it easier and more accessible in every single hour. Yeah. If only technology would stop and let us catch up. <laughs> but... Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about that. I think the the insights, the details, the formation of it, um, it is obviously what we need to do to best serve churches where we are. And it is different, and it isn't easy. Uh, but you know, the the paved streets of gold are for heaven. Here, we work out our calling day to day, and we overcome challenges. And we're happy to do that because that is why we're placed where we are at the time that we're placed. So. It's been our pleasure to share some of this with you and give you a little bit more insight into how we work here and why. Now, right before we wrap up, I do want to make some reminders uh, because everyone's calling is unique. We have also created some training programs that can help you get to that next level of where you are to do what you need to do in your space as well. So we do want to mention there are a few uh, masterclass spots left open before the conference. So that's coming right up. There is still time to register for RX. If you haven't registered for that, this is your once a year opportunity to really find out what the community is doing in this space and it, that engagement, the connections, the learnings, those are things you can't just pick up um, by not being there. You really have to be there in person to get that. And it's very beneficial all year. Um, so make sure make that a priority if you haven't yet signed up. And then additionally, we have the sequel for Rock and the Rock 100 series classes coming up if those are next on your list. And that will be uh, during the month of October. So check out what's available. Make sure that you prioritize getting the training that you need uh, for where you are so you know how to do what it is you're called to do. 
Thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of RockCast is brought to you by Rock sponsor, Ministry Dynamics, a Wi-Fi presence and equipment provider. Connect with Ministry Dynamics today at rockrms.com slash sponsors.